Hey everybody, welcome to the Faith Church Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Williams, and joining me today, today, right now, as you're listening to this, is a very special guest host. Guest host, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey everybody, my name is Robbie Helene. You might remember me from such classics as, have you seen my salad? And other podcast favorites. Yeah, if we had if we had an applause sound effect, I would put that in here right now. <laughs> Thank um, you. Thank you so and much. And it's and it's have you seen my salad? It's you, get it. you really gotta you gotta sell that better. Hey Robbie, it's right. so good to I get to see your face. The listeners don't, but they get to hear your voice. And that's very exciting. Dude, it is really fun. It is really fun to be back. I am I am for the listener who can't see what I see, we're Jay and I are looking at each other on Zoom. And I'm trying to figure out what you did to my office. You have moving blankets and what appear to be lab coats, multiple lab mm-hmm. coats hanging mm-hmm. from what mm-hmm. what used to be adorned with mm-hmm. classic books. Um, mm-hmm. what, well, what happened? Man? So first of all, the moving blankets are symbolic because of how you moved out of our hearts and our lives. So that's why we have moving <laughs> blankets. The lab coats are here because we are still finding microscopic Swedish fish all around the office, and so we have to do testing to make sure to see. I thought I got all of those. How do Swedish How do Swedish fish break down over time? So that explains wow. all the things. They don't. That's the beauty. No, we did sound dampening, and I just told Jeff, I was like, "Dude, we have any like blankets or whatever." And then I thought, "Oh, the baptismal robes. Those things." Those things absorb <laughs> sound like nobody's business, and so we. There's such heavy fabric. Yeah, that's they, an excellent idea, and it worked quite a bit. Like it helped a lot because at first it was it was so empty here. Your office was empty. Our hearts were empty. Everything was empty, and so we had to bring <laughs> oh, in something. And but now everything is solved, and now Hooray. unity in the church is going to be restored for the four people who listen to this podcast. So we are so thankful for all four of you. Yeah, and we get to see yeah, we get to see each other's face. If people are wondering, the reason why we're doing this is uh Jeff um was pulled out of town and so Jeff who preached last Sunday is not able was not able to do the podcast this week. And uh Christoph is busy with all things D now. So Disciple Now, D now is this weekend with all the teens. And so Christoph looked at me like a deer in headlights when I said, Hey, Jeff's out. Can you do you want to do the podcast? And he was like, uh and I said, Or I can ask Robbie. He goes, That would be awesome. So, so what you're saying is I am your third choice. Yeah, just like old times. Sure. Okay. Feels good. I'm settling uh, right back into the old I rhythm. Mean, listen, you're always, you know, Number three in the program, number one in our hearts. So that's a, that's an old sports bit. I have used a to say. coffee mug that no, says that. Number 10 in your programs, number one in your... You do? You have a coffee mug? That's great. Um, so should let's get started. Let's Didn't do we just it. start? Did we start already? I think we did. I th- I'm pretty sure we've started. This, did you hit record? I, I did. So this is... Uh, this Excellent. is different because you are usually the one back in the day. You were the one that handled all these things, and now I have to do it while you're. You get us. to do it now, Jay. I get to do it. It's an opportunity. It's so exciting! So exciting. We actually got to see each other on Monday too on Zoom. This is two, two Zooms in one week. 
You look confused. Takes me right back to a, look... to a glorious time. Yeah. When we... 2020. Oh, it is like 2020. That's what I can do. I can just imagine that you're in your basement in Peshtigo. <laughs> and then like we'll just pretend. Let's just pretend. That's true. Let's go back to My 2020. My setup was about as good as the one I have right now. So yeah. you've well, got the fancy professional setup right I there. I do. It is fancy and professional. Like a DJ. So. All right. So Jeff preached on salt and light. Matthew 5. He did. 13 through 16. I thought he did a great job. He, I thought it was fantastic. And he's he's you are positively rubbing off on him when I when I noticed uh when I went to go listen to and I was like, oh, 44 minutes. That's uh that's pretty good for Jeff. It's Jeff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But been... it definitely did not feel like 44 minutes. That was really, really solid. Are you are you implying that it usually feels like 44 minutes when I typically you? 44 minutes feels like 44 minutes, but sometimes paradoxically it does not. Yeah. Well, I, so we had some excitement on Sunday morning, but Jeff was able to push through. Uh, he was not feeling the best, but he did a great mm. job um, dealing with this passage. And so uh, normally we ask him, you know, we ask whoever preached, you know, hey, what were, what were some of the things that you thought as you went through this and, um, and all that. But I'm curious now, I get to ask you, Robbie. So having listened to it, um, what were some of your takeaways? What were some of your thoughts? Or what are the things, I mean, we could lead off with the things you disagreed with vehemently. Since Jeff can't <laughs> be here to, and I'll just He's give you what I think himself. his defense, I think what his defense would be. Okay. That is, that's typically my approach is I like to immediately address all the ways that you were wrong. Yeah. Um, no, I, that would be tough to do in this sermon. I thought he really did a fantastic job unpacking a familiar passage. So it's one of those passages that it's, it's, easy as the listener to think, ah, I know this one. I've heard this one a hundred times. And, and so it's easy to, to just kind of coast through, but I thought he did a really great job of keeping, keeping me engaged. And one of the things that I really appreciated that he, that he came back to several times and then kind of closed out again with it at the end is that idea of, uh, of both of these are illustrations of pushing out, I think is the phrase that he used that that light is shining outward and salt is being spread outward and um which i think we can miss in uh in what jesus is saying there we we are typically our default mode is to is to think you know well how does this affect me and what is this saying to me and what is this mm -hmm. teaching about me um and and i just love that he kept bringing it back to clearly jesus point is in both of these illustrations are addressing how we are responding to others. Yeah, he said he said that we are called um to be the people of God to affect the environment around us. And what I yeah. what I loved about that was he said um like I think a lot of times we go into this I don't I'm sure you have and he touched on this of okay well what exactly does salt do and so you can kind of do a deep dive into what does it mean to preserve what does it mean to add flavor what does it mean to do whatever and I think sometimes when we do that we take the metaphors a little too far you know and I I, yeah. I wonder yeah. this was one of those times where when he said that I was like oh do you think Jesus is just sitting there going dude all I meant is that you affect the things around you like you make them better right you just it's right right you you affect the environment in a positive way and and so just to think about that is regardless of of how salt is used 
or whatever, even if it was, you mentioned ice melt, you know, even if it's salt that, you know, right. takes care of the road, like you are affecting and changing and the environment around you in a, in a positive way, which is the same thing that light does as it's going out. And I just think that simple idea is pretty profound in our daily lives is, is we often think in terms of, um, like the culture and these big picture culture wars. We've talked about that before, but the idea and, and, and then we can lament at the culture around us, the environment around us. But the idea that to stop and think, well, how am I positively impacting the environment yes. that's around me? Yeah. Rather than either judging it or complaining about it or lamenting that it's not something different um, of just, you know, affecting it. I was actually recently talking to a coach yeah. who was lamenting that a few kids were quitting a team because the team culture was so bad. And he said, he was kind of like, well, this isn't a Christian coach. He was just, but he said, yeah, well, why not be a part of changing that culture then? Like just this idea that they, they walked on the team they didn't, they didn't like the culture of the team, and so they're going to leave because they don't like that culture. And I think that's how a lot of us as Christians function. Like we go into a situation and we think we're surprised that it's not a culture that, that we're excited about, and then we just give in to complain and quit on it rather than, you know, like, like this coach is saying, well, why not be an, you know, an agent of change in that um, mm-hmm. Rather than just running from it, and all the more, like that's just a th- sports, you know, big deal if you quit, okay, right. But Jesus is commanding us, saying, like this, this is who you are. You're meant. You are going to be in the culture that you don't agree with. How are you going to be salt and light to affect, you know, to affect it in your environment in a positive way? And I love that he addressed in making something better that requires proper application. So there is a there's a right and a wrong way to apply salt. There's a right and a wrong way to apply light. When my eight year old is excited to show me that his he managed to get his flashlight working again by beaming it into my eyeballs from like three inches away, that is an unhelpful application of light. It is, yeah. it is a painful and irritating application of light. Or his point of like a steak where all of the salt goes on one half of it and the other side has no salt. Like I think it's so uh, so important for us to hear that when he is when he's exhorting that in us to to realize that there there is proper application and and so that we can't default to hey I'm just being salty. Right? I right. just, I'm supposed to affect my environment. And so I'm just bringing the salt. And it's like, yeah, but nobody wants to eat a spoonful of salt. Like, that's horrible. And, and that isn't a, just a destructive application of it. Um, but if, if the goal is truly to, to affect our environment in a positive way, um, that, that I love, I think the way he phrased it is so that, so that God would be seen for who he really is, then that's going to require a po- proper application of those things. Yeah, and the, and the spreading out of it. It's interesting that both of those things, both light and salt, are ones that that spread out is their best 
their best use. I mean, I think about even, yeah. I mean, this is, this is photography, um, nerd nerdery, but you know, that harsh light is not helpful. You know, like if you yeah. are, t if you've ever taken a picture outside and you've wondered, what do I do with the sun? Well, the sun just being in someone's face doesn't make for a good picture. Um, even though it's, it's a lot of light and light makes for a good picture, yeah. but it's actually that light kind of diffused and spread out. That yeah. is, um, and, and when you think about it, the light of the glory of the gospel is like, in its concentrated form, is blinding. You know, it's like Moses not being able to, like he wouldn't be able to handle mm. seeing God's glory. Like it's, yeah. it's too blinding. And there will come a day where we'll be able to look into the sun a little bit more, you know, and be able to handle that. But we can't um, here. And so there's, like, we are, in fact, in some ways the light of God is diffused through the people of God and spread so that, so that we can actually see it. So it would draw us to, you know, the true, the true light. And I don't know, I don't want to take that too far. Buddy, but that'll, think, that'll like, preach. That'll I preach. love that. Yeah, well, there you go. There's a, I should have preached it. That's what I've been saying. Like, I don't know why. why <laughs> no, because what you're, you're touching on a couple of things. Like one of the, you know, questions that we often hear from people is, well, why God, doesn't God just like appear? And then everyone would believe in him. And it's like, if God just appears, then everyone like disintegrates. Like right. we can't, everyone just be, drops we can't dead. be in his presence in that way. Mm -hmm. So, but, but his glory and his spirit diffused throughout his people, throughout his church means that we get a, uh, an, an accessible glimpse of him. Dude, mm. I like that. Yeah, accessible glimpse. You know, we don't think about that often that, um, like, I think sometimes when we lose the weight of God's glory and forget how big he is and how we couldn't, we like, we could not stand before his holiness. We could not stand before his glory. Um, and so, yeah, it does make sense that it's in his kindness that he kind of spreads that out a little bit so that we can handle it at the level that we can handle it for now. And as we're sanctified, like we can maybe handle more and more of that, almost like your eyes getting adjusted to the light. You know, if you're in the darkness, right, right. you can only handle a little bit of light in that. And then otherwise it's blinding, which, you know, you can make the argument that sometimes God does that, like with Saul, you know, when he, when, when he's met, you know, that when he is blinded, um, that that's what happens. If you're in darkness, that um, it's God's kindness that he kind of ramps up the light maybe a little bit. And, and there's a lot of parallels with that in the Christian life of how, um, how we're able to deal with conviction and how God, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Um, he's very gentle, actually, in those situations. And then as we grow in our faith and we start to understand better like that conviction might come a little harder in our hearts or, or stronger I guess because yeah. we are used to like that light like we we are more acclimated to that we understand how God's grace functions we're able to turn and, and seek forgiveness quickly and receive mercy and receive grace more um, mm -hmm. more quickly mm -hmm. I don't know there's a there's a lot with that but regardless I love that ultimately you know Jeff always does such a good job of kind of simplifying it down to saying, okay, but it's this. Like, it could be all these other things, which you and I sometimes get lost in the weeds of like, oh, and it could be like this, it could be like this. He's like, look, they both change their environments and they are yeah. um, and they are spread, they are spread out. So I thought that was really helpful. And that's it. Agreed. So go ahead. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Appreciate it. Robbie's obviously out. <laughs>
I love that. I, I love the thought right now that there are those four people going. Wait, no, no, I want to hear more. Stop talking, Jay. I want to hear more, <laughs> more Robbie. No, no, no. Nobody's thinking that. Yeah. I, dude, I, I, I like that a lot, and I think, I think it's. I love how the spirit of God works and how he can give you a fresh perspective on something that is so familiar. Um, not a new perspective. It's not like, oh, this means the opposite of what I've always felt it meant. But um, but to, you know, turn, rotate the gem and, and you see a, a reflection from a different facet you didn't see before. You see just something um, unique and beautiful in it that you didn't catch previously um i i love that that's why it's why i love the preaching and teaching of god's word um because i get to hear what the spirit was illuminating in your heart and in your mind as you were reading it which is often different than than what he's highlighting to me so i thought i, I just thought it was great yeah and Are you okay you look very concerned i look concerned i don't have my glasses yeah, so very... on I don't have my glasses on, uh, so I'm trying to read okay. the computer screen, and I'm getting old. Gotcha. You had concerned so like, eyebrows, but now I know it's focusing well, eyebrows. I think it's, yeah. Well, I think that's old man grumpy face. I think a lot of old man grumpy face is just, I can't see, and I can't hear. <laughs> so that's, I'm like, I'm trying Should really be giving more grace for old man grumpy focus, face. Right? Thank you. Um, no, so another point he made that I think is so critical, which I think is helpful and, and practical, because one of the things he wanted, of course Jeff wanted to be more practical in the podcast. And so I want to make sure I honor that. Um, but he made a point about light where he said light is, is not, it's not just to show them what is wrong. So it's meant to illuminate darkness, but it's not just to show them what is wrong, but to show them the way out. And I think that, that right there, that concept, if we can think about, okay, so, um, salt and light. So as light, we are meant, you know, we're meant to be spread out. We're meant to affect positively the environment around us. But shining light on something is not just to identify what is dark or what was dark, but to show the way out of the, the darkness. And I just wondered, like I thought, man, how often as Christians do we think of light in terms of, well, I just, I just want to shine light on that thing over there and make sure that everyone, it's exposed. And that is yeah, make part sure everybody of knows is. that that's wrong. Right, right. Rather than saying, "Well, no, that light is not just meant to show what was in this dark corner, but it was also meant to then illuminate the path out of that corner, and you know, in into marvelous light, right? Out of called out of darkness into marvelous light. And sometimes we miss that. We think like, well, what it is is just no, you you just want a big light shining in that darkness so that everyone knows that that's what was really dark in there right man what's so great about that illustration is you like if you imagine the 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 tight beam flashlight right that's mm -hmm. just beaming on the offensive object right right but but it's not because it's such a tight beam and it's only focused on that thing it doesn't actually show you the other side of the room so i'm not able i'm not able to get away from it i'm not able i don't know how to how to escape um, so to think again, coming back to that idea of the diffused light of the enough light spread out that it is that, that I allow you to see that, that thing that was hidden in the darkness, but that the room is illuminated so that there's actually a way, a way to see our way out of that. 
um, you know, we can't, we don't want to push the illustrations too far. Like no. Paul, Paul and Peter and John, and in this case, Jesus, uh, are not providing an illustration based on their understanding of light diffusion as it relates to <laughs> photography. No. But, but the, the fact still remains, like the fact that we now have something practical that we can point to and go, oh, it's actually a lot like this, because all that thing is doing is just making use of uh, how the universe works and how light functions. Um, so, you know, is, is Jesus envisioning a flashlight? No, he's picturing a lamp. Um, but a lamp, right. an uncovered lamp, floods the whole room with light. Right. It isn't a it isn't a tight beam on the thing that's wrong, and we are particularly good at tight beaming something. We're really good at putting the spotlight on the thing that is offensive, the thing that is wrong, but not providing enough light to help that person actually escape it. Well, and what's interesting about that is that's just how the culture functions. Like, forget about Christian, but also non-Christian. Right. That that we just think. That well, what we need to do is expose this wrong and just shine this bright light on it. And sometimes we try to shine such a bright light on it that it actually blinds people. Nobody actually sees the ironies. You don't actually even end right. up seeing. You're just right. so disoriented by this bright light that's coming in there. And that's different than wanting to shine light so that people see truly. And then and then you you let that light shine so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And so I think like making sure that when we think about that shining the light on on things that we are doing it in a way that um, like that we would think about, well, how would you shine light into a room that was really dark? Like there should be some gentleness with that. There's um, yeah, you know and 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 you should be saying, like showing how this is light that they may see like your, your kindness and, and your love for them and your desire to illuminate the path out. Um, not that everyone's going to respond to that, but that that should be our bent rather than just, you know, going around and shining a light on something like, see, I exposed, I exposed that darkness over there. That's not what he's actually talking about. And to your point, that's because he wouldn't have, they wouldn't have known what a concentrated beam of light, like other than looking at the sun, you know, and, and, and he doesn't, he certainly, he could have used the metaphor, like, let your light shine like the sun, so when people stare at it for too long, they go blind. Like, that's, that's, not, that's not what he said, you know? It's, right, you actually can't see anything right. if you look directly at the sun. That's right. a problem. Yeah, that is, that is quite, the, quite the problem. And, and I think, like, he, he talked about, you know, how light cannot, you don't want to, you can't hide that light we should expect, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier before, but when you think practically, we should expect that we are going to be in situations of darkness and that that is the design. So I, as weird as it sounds, there are people, I think it's a very common thing in the Christian life to believe that I can't, I can't shine here because it's too dark. And, and I would just say Hmm. that the darker the things are around you, the more important that your light shines. And it's it's not that beam of like being the morality police, but the light of being Christ-like. So when people say, well, I can't, that, that workplace or my neighborhood or my family, it's too dark there. I can't, I can't shine. Mm-hmm. I think like, well, that's why you need to shine here. I mean, imagine Jeff used the example of like a headlamp or a flashlight when you're hiking 
And imagine if you're like shining the flashlight and the flashlight's like, whoa, whoa, whoa I can't, I can't shine light right now. It's too dark. It's like, too dark here. It's too dark here. I'd be like, um, that's, that's the point flashlight. That's why you're literally here. why you exist. That's yeah. why, that's why you exist. And I think that right there, rather than seeing the darkness around us as something strange that we would stand with Peter when he says like, do not be surprised at the fiery trials as though something strange were happening to you. I would say like, I think, you know, when Jesus talks about this, I think he would say, do not be surprised that your light is needed, that there's darkness around you. That's, that's the whole point. And so the whole reason why you, you are meant to be here to shine light is because they don't have that light because it is dark. And then Therefore, as you shine this light, that they would see that, they would notice that. And so he's talking about the light being, he's comparing it then to good works so that they would see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So I just, I don't know if we can speak even practically to that of, like, what do you do then? I mean, one one is just acknowledging that and realizing that there's no such thing for a Christian to say, it's too dark here, I can't shine. I, I think the would say that's the point that you need to shine where right. it's dark right. but then okay well then how do you do that like how do you how do you do that practically when you're in a work environment that's really dark and yeah. um you know that what's talked about around you is dark what the culture is around you is dark um you know does it just look like telling people hey don't swear around me you know or Right. Telling people like, well, no, I don't want you talking about that thing around me. Um, what what is it? What do you think it looks like? Are we are we asking the wrong question if we're well, asking generous is this an we. environment in which I can shine? No, no I mean like collectively, like because we do oh, that. Okay. Yeah. yeah, the collective we, <laughs> the I don't mean it in the royal we, and I don't mean it in you. the like. Are you asking you. the wrong question, Jay? No. Yes, almost. No. Assuredly. Do we? Are we? No, I mean this is you're you're asking a fairly universal question of of you know how do I shine light in this environment? Is this an environment that I'm supposed to shine light? Um, I mean Jeff, Jeff made the point of addressing. It doesn't say you bring the light. Correct. It says you are the light. So, if there is an environment where I am not bringing illumination. That's communicating, I would argue, something significantly wrong with me and my heart. Because that means that there are environments where I am choosing to not follow Christ. I am choosing to not abide in Christ. I am choosing to not have faith in Christ. Because those are the things that, like, it is my belonging to Christ that makes me light, that makes me salt. So... I, I think we're we start out asking the wrong question when we act like being the light is something that we choose in one environment or don't choose in another environment. When the reality is, what he's saying is, if if you are abiding in me and I am abiding in you, you bring illumination when you walk into the room. You change the the temp the temperature. Or you change the degree of illumination when you walk into the room simply by nature of being my ambassador in that moment so when, when we separate that i think i don't know i haven't I, I don't know that i've necessarily even thought of it in these terms so this is all kind of half-baked but uh, i'm i'm wondering if as soon as we ask the question is this environment 
an environment that I should bring the light into, I've already communicated, I don't understand what being the light means. I don't understand what it is that Jesus is saying because what I'm assuming is it's just a series of actions that bring the light in the situation, but but that's not what Jesus said. He says, this is who you are. Yeah, I think that's... Um, I I... I think that is really key and really important. I'm trying to think right now, how do I reword that in a way? Because I think I think that is so critical in our understanding. So when Jesus says you can't, you know, hiding a light under, you know, a, a bushel basket or anything, like that's, he's not saying, well, when you're, you know, like the light is designed to shine, so make sure you light the lamp in these different environments. He's saying like, well, no, this, if you are in Christ, yes, you are you are light. And so the question right. is or just like, or I can hidden? choose to hide it. Right. Or you can choose to hide it or allow the darkness around you to hide it, you know, like to, to, yeah. um, to stop. So it's not actually about how, how do I, um, I mean, I think, I think there's still something to be said for thinking through, okay, well, how do I love people here? So, but that would still imply that, okay, I, I want to love the people in my workplace. I want to demonstrate for them love, and I, and I love them, and I do genuinely love them. That would be, being light means that you love them, and you want them to feel that love for them. Then what we might be talking about then is, is saying, okay, well, how do I communicate that? So it could be, um, you know, offering to pray for somebody. It could be... Um, you know, buying somebody lunch. It could be, you know, any number of things. It could be like defending them or, or protecting them, you know, in the eyes of the boss, like building them up. Or, And so I think separating those is really important to say, okay, but you're not, those things aren't really being the light. The light is being loving towards somebody and, and, and actually having a heart for them and loving them. And that's something that you shouldn't be, there's no starting and stopping that. There's not like a, okay, well, I'm going to decide I'm going to be loving to, um, I'm going to love these people. Well, yeah, you are, I mean, you are light. Like this is a nature type thing of Jesus is saying at your very nature, you are this, you are salt and light. And it's not just these actions, um, which I, you know, when I think about it, I think, well, then how often would we say, okay, well, I'm not going to, um, well, like I said, I mean, I think a lot of times people think in terms of, well, I, I've heard people say, I, I make sure and everyone knows they don't swear around me. And I, as if that's being salt and light. And I think like, well, yeah, actually around shining a flashlight in everybody's eyes. Right. And it's actually revealing <laughs> a heart that is actually not light and salt. Like you're right. revealing right. a heart that you're judgmental towards them and you're making them uh. You're making it clear. And I expect to everyone them. else to serve me. Right. I expect everybody else to talk the way I want them to talk, and um, and so yeah, that's actually the reverse of the situation that we're talking about. And so, uh, so I think that is really. Here's what's funny. I think I just tried to clarify what you said by confusing it, which is awesome. This is that's my natural <laughs> gift. I feel like I'm really good at that. So spiritual um, gift of confusion. But yeah, to think like this is not something you start and stop being. The question is like if you're if you're being salt and light, you should you're being that in your home, you're being that in your workplace, you're being that in your neighborhood because you right. belong to Christ. 
And it's not just a series of actions that you do that we're supposed to do. And it's hard because Jesus says he compares it then to your good works. But I would just argue off of what you said that, yeah, and those good works are flowing out. It's like the good tree produces good fruit. So right. um, if you if you are loving somebody and you want to love them, then, yeah, you're going to act in accordance with that. But that's going to be much more natural than, you know, if you're like, well, I feel like I have to do I have to do this thing or I have to I need to make sure that I'm light. I need to do something. And, you know, um, hmm. which, by the way, is similar to how we talk about sharing the gospel. Right. Like if you're constantly yeah. immersed in the gospel and you're applying the gospel in your own heart, in your own life, and you're reminding yourself of your identity in Christ and you're doing that with the people who are closest to you and believers, if you're talking about the gospel with them and reminding one another in the gospel with them, well, then evangelism training is kind of a moot point because you just are doing the same thing, but you're right. like with a different audience. But when you don't ever think about the gospel, when it's never on your mind, it's never where you go to for counsel for yourself or for others, it's never what you think about, well, then then all of a sudden sharing the gospel feels like this very separate thing that I have to know how to do. Like, well, how do you share the gospel with this group of people or with this group of people or in this situation? What do you say to this question and this challenge? And it becomes like this very specific like thing rather than, rather than no, our lives should constantly be declaring and demonstrating the gospel. We should be talking about the greatness mm-hmm. of this God who forgives rebels and, and I need that. And, my Christian friends need that, and my non-Christian friends need that. So in a similar way, let your light shine everywhere. Like, your light should be shining in all of those environments. Right? Man, the more the more you're talking, the more it's feeling to me like, um, if I find myself in a circumstance where I'm going, I'm, I'm not a light in this environment, then, then the, the first question I need to ask is, is that because, like, naturally, that's where I am everywhere else. That's what I am everywhere else. But in this one, I am acting in a way that is other than myself. I'm not acting like I normally do. So I'm putting a, you know, the, I'm putting the bushel over the lamp in this scenario. Or are there only a couple of environments, like a Sunday morning or maybe a Wednesday night, where I do shine light and my normal day-to-day is actually not shining light which is why it feels really complicated and foreign to figure out how do I shine light in this environment um, I think I think that's an important distinction because then then the question is not you know well how do I do it in this environment the, the question is you know to the to the person who is normally like that but is struggling with being themselves in this particular environment, that's one kind of counsel. But to the person who is not normally like that in most other circumstances, well, the reason is likely coming back to a lack of abiding in Christ. Like, are you, if I'm not light, except in a couple of very specific calculated moments, then I'm not, I'm not light. (laughs) I may be fabricating those couple of moments. Like that would be a, something that I would really want to, um, try to think through why, why am I, what, why am I struggling in this particular environment? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, I think, I think then what we're saying is 
we're more of a reflector than a light. Because if you say, mm. well, no, I'm right. I am totally light when I'm surrounded by light. Like, right. <laughs> say, okay. Yeah. I mean, going back to photography, nerdery, like you have reflectors, you have white sheets of things that are meant to take the light of the sun and mm. and diffuse it somewhere else and, and redirect it. And so that would be in that idea. And, and, and I get it like theologically, again, these metaphors have limits because right. we would say, well, Jesus is the source of the light. We are all reflecting the light, but there's also the Holy spirit is in us. So that's why we're the light. We're not the right. light because we are, we are light in and of ourselves, but the spirit dwells in us. So our body is this temple that the spirit is dwelling. And so there's light that exudes out from us. That is the light of Christ. But if you, don't actually have that in you and you just reflect what other people are doing so when people are kind to you you're kind back you're like oh yeah i'm well i'm kind then you're walking right into yeah. what jesus says in luke 6 like so you you love those who love you what credit is that to you like even sinners yeah. do the same you like you're right. basically you're good to those who are good to you that's not actually being light that's just you're just reflecting the environment around you and if the environment mm -hmm. around you is light, then you might look light. You look like, oh, yeah, well, you're being nice. They're being nice. Um, but if the environment around you is dark, then you also look dark. And so mm -hmm. I do think it's a really good diagnostic question to say, okay, if you're struggling to be or feel or like Christ-like in a particular environment, it is a really good diagnostic question to say, okay, well, where – where else is this a challenge for me? And and you might find, mm -hmm. like, number one, you might find, hey, there are some real reasons why darkness kind of overcomes us. We are, we are fallible people. Like we are, we are, yeah, um, we are constantly battling things. And so, I think of a, some somebody who, I mean, think of a a person who goes into, um, like a student that goes to school and is bullied. You know, and, and so it's not just about people are being unkind, but like they're physically threatened or they're like anything like that where there's some trauma going on there that you, that we would yeah. say, man, I that if somebody if a student came to me and said, I'm really having a hard time loving this person who beat me up after school and, you know, it makes my life absolutely miserable. I wouldn't say that that person is unsaved. Like I wouldn't say that they're. Um, no. that there's no light, I would say, okay, that, that seems circumstantial and that there's a particular level of darkness here that you are struggling to shine, that, that, that light is struggling to like shine and, and it's understandable. Now that doesn't mean we can't work in that or whatever, but that's different than if somebody says, well, yeah, I, I have no problem shining, but you think of all the circumstances that you're shining in and it happens to be when everybody else is also shining well, then yeah. you might have to honestly ask yourself of like, well, do I actually, do I exude this light that's in me? Do I, do I shine, yeah. do I shine anywhere or am I just reflecting what's around me? Mm -hmm. That's good, man. You, you rebuked me successfully on the podcast in real time. <laughs> that, that was rebuking you. I don't know. I, I just, I just miss, I miss, I, I miss so. your rebukes. You guys have like these daily rebukes where you're just like, and another thing. Here's next on my list, Jay. And I always appreciate yeah, it. it. Sounds every time I walk in the office, I know that there's something that you're gonna. I still have my list. I'm sad that we we 
moved so abruptly that there are a few thing, items that I didn't get to scratch off. So you'll Just have to bring few. me back uh, on uh, on another podcast, and we can finish off the list. You finish off the list, so. So I think if we're going to give encouragement, we just derailed. I may have to cut that out. We did. Just, just cut that out. <laughs> Three, two, one. Um, hey, everybody. Welcome to the fa- – okay. Uh, so if you're going to give some practical – so I think that's good diagnostic question of saying, okay, is this is this unusual? Is this circumstantial? Like are we talking about a pretty heavy situation, you know, where – you know, in your workplace or your family. I mean, people have, there's all kinds of family trauma that has gone on. Like there are really hard places sure. to let your light shine. And I think it's important to know that Jesus is not, you, you can't detach the character and nature of Jesus from what he's saying. Meaning he's not saying this in a way of like, well, you better let your light shine. And if you don't, then like right. you're out. He's he's saying, look, I you have, you, you have this, you're being transformed in this. And, um, and so don't hide that. Like let that let that shine. Don't let the darkness overcome yeah. you in that way. Yeah. Um, and that you're empowered to do that. And so it is an encouragement to believe him and trust him in that. And so I think I think it is an important diagnostic question though to to ask and to say, okay, but do I have that? And and um and if you don't, well then the answer is Jesus saying, Well then come and partake in that. Like don't Yeah. Yes. Don't hide yourself in darkness. Don't settle for just being a reflection. Um, but like actually the Holy Spirit can dwell in you and produce that light. Um, and so that's a good diagnostic question. But is there anything else that you would give then? Um, I mean, I think, well, actually, I would say too, an encouragement for people is that the light doesn't fix everything, doesn't fix the darkness around it. It just like it, mm-hmm. it illuminates what's going on. But even if it illuminates something and draws out darkness, like it doesn't, it doesn't fix it in the sense. And I, here's what I'm trying to drive at is I think there are some people who carry such a burden of they like, I want my light to shine at my workplace and I've tried and I've, and I have let it shine and I love my coworkers and I pray for them. But and I've invited them to church, but none of them have come to church. They still act in the same way. They're still like the culture is still every bit as dark. I'm not affecting my environment around me at all. Um, I've been I've been there for ten years, and 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 they're genuinely looking at that, saying, "And I, I don't feel like I'm affecting anything." I I'm. What would you mm-hmm. say to that person who's just discouraged because they're, or they're in extended family relationships where they they are they are cognizant of that they love their family they want them to know Jesus they 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 want to let their light shine they've been very intentional about making sure that they're quick to forgive and that they're kind but it doesn't seem to be affecting or changing anything and so then they feel like a failure what would you mm. what would you say to that person I mean, the first thing I would remind them of is they're in really, really good company because nobody provided better illumination or more kind and accurate reflection of the Father's love than Jesus Christ, and they hated him so much that they murdered him. So our it's not a matter of, well, you're doing a bad job. You're, you're failing. You're not, you're not enough of a light or the right kind of light or whatever. Otherwise everyone would fall on their knees in repentance. I mean, that that wasn't true of Jesus. 
And Jesus promises us that, you know what, my light is going to be abrasive to some people. If they persecuted me, imagine what they're going to do to you. Um, he, he promises us that that's part of the picture, that that, that rejection of, of his message is part of what it is that, that we're going to experience. And, and we shouldn't respond to that as though something, uh, something unique were happening to us. Um, but we're encouraging Scripture to, to actually rejoice in that, that we get a little glimpse of what it felt like to be Jesus. Um, nobody reflected the light. No, nobody generated light better. <laughs> so I don't want to mix our, our illustrations here. Right. Um, than, than Jesus. I, and I love um, uh, Zechariah's um, song in, uh, in Luke 1 when he finds out that his son, John, who becomes the baptizer, is, is going to be part of this narrative of the Messiah coming to redeem everyone. One, it's one of my favorite passages. And he says, um, uh, you child will be called, talking about his son, you will be called a prophet of the Most High. He says, and you will go before the Lord and prepare his ways. And he says, to give knowledge of salvation to, uh, to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. That the, the purpose of the light that Christ is shining in the darkness is to guide our feet into the way of peace. So like, I, I, would, I would finish by, by giving hope to that person to say, Look, the, as long as you continue to be that light in that space, you are providing an opportunity for God to use you to guide that friend, that family member, to, to guide their feet into the way of peace. Like, and they will, they will see that through you. Even if right now that light is, is offensive and is, and is illuminating things in their life and in their heart that they don't want to be exposed, if God is calling them to him, then... Then, then your your light, no matter how feeble or dim it feels, is Jesus going to use um, to to give light to those who sit in darkness and to guide their feet into the way of peace. I love that, and I I was thinking along those lines of this is a call. It's it's a call to let our light shine, but it's also a promise that our light will shine in the darkness and a promise of what he's going to do and that we get to be a part of. And so yeah. it is good to remind ourselves of, yes, like our light, we should be light everywhere, regardless of how bright or how dark our environments are. But that light is, is, um, is just meant to illuminate and to, to illumine and yeah. to draw yeah. their attention to the father. And so, you know, to use Jeff's metaphor again about the flashlight is a flashlight or headlamp lights up the path, but it doesn't carry you over obstacles. It doesn't hike the hike mm. for you. Mm. It's that's not its job. And I think sometimes we get discouraged because we feel like if the work of salvation isn't done or the work of sanctification isn't done, then that is somehow on us when that's not, the responsibility God gives us, he just says to illuminate, to shine. Even when um, we're called to share the gospel, we're called to declare. We're not called to save people. We're never commanded um, 
go and save people. It's go and baptize from all nations. Like go and and teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Like there's there's like this the the command is to just go and shed light, to declare and demonstrate, and then mm-hmm. God does the work of salvation. God does the work of changing um, cultures and changing people. And and again, that goes back to salt, you know, salt and light both. It's just our role is to just to be spread, to not, I think, not be surprised at the darkness around us, not be surprised that we are needed because that's why we were called out. And then we get to declare mm-hmm. the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness and into marvelous light. Um, and so I, I hope that that would be encouraging that, that we do all those things we, we, we let our light shine in darkness. We, we enter into environments all the time. But it's so that people's eyes would be drawn to our Father in heaven because he's the one who saves. He's the one who redeems. He's the one who renews and restores. And, and that's where people's hope is in. So their, their hope is not, their hope of salvation is not in you um shining your light the brightest you possibly can or in the right possible what the best possible way or communicating things and anything like that their hope of salvation is in the lord jesus amen that's that's the whole the whole point so be encouraged in that that to just keep keep being keep abiding in christ in all circumstances in all areas so i think that's a good place. Probably Got nothing to, to add to that. I know. Let's land Man, that plane. It's been so good. I don't even know. I, I I thought when we started, I thought, man, we should let people hear what's going on. And so right now I'm wondering, do we add that to the beginning or do we just say, do we, do you let you say something about what's going on right now? Or do you just keep everybody in the dark? Is this the, and, is this the last time you're ever going to let me do this again? No, no. Okay. Okay. Let's do yeah. that next time. We've okay. been we've been at this like an hour. People if if people are still hanging with us, then well, they're ready been, for us to land this we've plane. We've been at it an hour. The actual recording time has been twelve minutes and forty eight seconds. So <laughs> after you, after you edit out all the garbage and fluff. All right. Well why don't you land the plane then? Oh man. I can't land the plane because why? you know, because oh, you're I not always... it's not a genuine offer because you left us. No, it's <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we hope it's been helpful. You could say you hope it's been helpful. We hope it's been helpful. I do. I do very much hope and, that it's been helpful. And, and it's been really, really good. It's been really good. Yeah. To it be has been good. It's like it's getting the band back together. Hearing the sultry yep. tones of Robbie's radio voice. Hey everybody. And then uh so we are hoping we do hope it's been helpful. Thank you for taking time to listen to this. If you have questions or anything as we go through the Sermon on the Mount, uh, we would love to hear them. So please reach out at faith at, or connect at faithpeshtigo.com. You can call us. You can talk to us on a Sunday. You can fill out a comment card either online or in person. And uh, we just we want to be able to walk this road with you as we grow in our understanding of all that Jesus has called us to do and be. So until next time, grace and peace.